All right. So let's talk a little bit about innovation in hip hop. And obviously it'll be a pretty tall order to go back to the beginning all the way to present day. However, what the heck? We'll give it a shot, right? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So, uh, and we haven't prepped. We haven't uh, had a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's really, you know, it's really one of those things that you would think that there there should always be evolution in in pretty much everything, right? right? I mean, things should get better with time. So we go back to the beginning. So the beginning of recorded hip hop, right? You know, at least professionally released hip hop. We're talking about the Sugar Hill Gang, Rappers Delight, mm-hmm. and we obviously need to include. The Fatback Bands, mm-hmm. King Tim the Third, right, and we have both disco and funk mm-hmm. with rapping on it. Yeah, right. I mean, those were the first quote unquote rap records, and they were essentially an evolution of funk, disco, And as we moved on, you know, obviously there were all other types of genres added to the mix. Exactly. What would you say would be the next step in that, you know, something that broke the mold next? I would say Planet Rock. Oh, yeah. Because that was the electro. Exactly. Yeah. Synthesizer, Mm -hmm. electro vibe, clearly influenced by. Kraftwerk, mm-hmm. which was a kraut electronic rock band, obviously mm-hmm. German. Um, but it was interesting, if you think about them, how much that sound was prevalent in urban radio at right. the time. You know, So you have the sound from the other side of the planet. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, that was, you know, I guess that was electronic music and rock music kind of merged together, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways it was probably even ex- inspired by the punk scene. Even there was a lot of that, except that, I mean, it wasn't really electronic based, right? but it had that kind of rebel attitude to it. Definitely. There was always a synergy in, in those early days between you know, punk music and hip hop, even though it wasn't necessarily, you know, visually obvious mm-hmm. or even sonically obvious, but there was definitely that kinship in certain circles. Right. And and we saw that obviously with people like Malcolm McLaren. Oh yeah. Who was the um the manager for the Sex Pistols. Mm-hmm. And uh we had his record, which was Buffalo Gals, mm-hmm. even though I don't know. I mean, people wouldn't really consider that hip hop, right? But it, it was it was definitely accepted, right? And you yeah. had the what is it? The Supreme world famous team, Supreme Team, yeah, the world famous Supreme mm-hmm. Team on that. So, I mean, there you go. That's another connection to to punk. Didn't Bambada do a? Who did he do a punk record with? Was it Johnny did, Rotten? Or yeah, was it, it with was Johnny, Johnny Rotten? Rotten? Yeah, yeah. So definitely that kinship was there early on. And then in many ways, if you think about it for a minute, early 80s, mm-hmm. when we had The Clash. Right. And The Clash incorporated rap into their Magnificent Seven mm-hmm. record, mm-hmm. Yep. which I think that might have been 81. 
I believe so. Something or yeah, it was around that time. So, you know, so you had a lot of things kind of brewing and happening at that time. So, so what would you say was, what was the next milestone in the, the evolution of hip hop music? We had the, the Melly Mel's and uh, the Grandmaster Flashes mm-hmm. that also were groundbreaking. Oh, right. I mean, Melly Mel, what he did was just beyond amazing for its time. In introducing yeah. a lot of the social elements right. early on. And I think that is where that kinship to punk mm-hmm. kind of begins early mm-hmm. on, you know, with the statements about the state of society right. and injustices, you know, so in many ways that was an innovation, right? So yeah. we went from the party mm-hmm. to social commentary. Indeed. Yeah. And, and that, and that happened fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. And also between the, the Sugar Hill gang and Melly Mel, it became more sophisticated lyrically right. And obviously, you know, Run the MC brought it a step further mm-hmm. stylistically, right. I think. Okay, uh, after all of those genres, then it moved right into rock. Okay, yeah. I like that. And yeah. that was obviously Run the MC. Run the MC. And uh, that was Rockbox. Exactly. Off of their exactly. first now album. Now Walk This Way, Rockbox. Indeed, off of their first album mm-hmm. uh, with live guitars. It right. was in a sample um, and do you remember the name of the guitarist? I was just thinking about Eddie I um, Martinez. I believe that's his name. I think, I think so. so. I think I it's think Eddie. So. I think it's I Eddie think Martinez. So I have the record literally within arm's reach, but I'm gonna <laughs> stick with that. <laughs> it's I can literally point to it. Um. So, so then we had this introduction of rock and not just rock like hard rock all right so then what would you say would be the next step so and and again this discussion isn't necessarily about you know every group or every artist that had a significant impact but when it comes to innovations i think then then if that's the case we have to talk about and this may not necessarily be chronological, although it kind of is around the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we're talking mid eighties. Has to be Rakim. Oh yeah, I mean he completely revolutionized just the way lyricists rhyme in general. Indeed, yeah. indeed. So he was the one I think that in many ways introduced a rhyme complex patterns, yeah. rhyme delivery mm-hmm. that to this day. The people it emulate has influence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so many artists, you know, whether they realize it, whether they know it or not. But in many ways, I mean, he set that bar, mm-hmm. and he set that bar. I, I think in many ways, crazy. It's like too high, right? Because you literally went from, you know, this very simplistic rhyme pattern mm-hmm. that you heard in some of the earlier sugar hill gang stuff not to demean it i mean this was the beginning um right you know, it was good for the time i mean right. it was just it was the introduction and then of course in that world we had people you know i mean just groundbreaking iconic artists like harris one mm-hmm. and big daddy kane right. and 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 i have to say i mean even even 
around that time or maybe right right before that time we had Tila Rock. Yeah. And Tila, Tila Rock, Rock was the first one to really if you think about break it, through yeah. with the complex rhyme styles True. and the vocabulary Indeed. and yeah. Indeed, another unsung hero, mm-hmm. I think, of hip hop. So yeah. I mean in many ways that was innovation. Right. Right. Um so then so then where do we go from there? I think it would be it would have to be Mantronics. I didn't even think about Mantronics, yeah. It would have to be Mantronics because Mantronics took that electro vibe to a different level, the electronic vibe um, to a different level with the use of, not that those drum machines weren't used before, but you know the the exploitation of a lot of different rhythms right. and also tempos with the 808s and the 909s and incorporating that into a wide variety of singles at the time outside mm-hmm. of you know the group Mantronics but DJ Mantronic um I would say in, in many ways he was he was the next step in the innovation Oh, oh definitely, definitely. And yet he's so underrated too. Yeah, nobody talks about yeah. him. Nobody talks about Mantronics, which is crazy mm-hmm. stuff. It's just nuts to think about that. Yeah. The so, early Just Die stuff. Uh it's just amazing. Yeah. Even going beyond uh the group itself. Him and uh MCT. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No question about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean he did T Rock. T Rock, right. I mean, you have to mention someone like a cool G rap was also around that time. Yeah, no question about that. G rap definitely was uh, just incredible. I think I think G no question, but I think G rap the 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 delivery, mm-hmm. but lyrically, I think he came more into his own in the nineties, right? In the right. early nineties. I mean, he was definitely he was in the mix, mm-hmm. but he became more groundbreaking when he as really he progressed dove as the years went on into yeah. that street element, right? And really became New York's first gangster rapper. Yeah. Um, so then, obviously, when we talk about gangster rap, at the time, it was a significant innovation because it was something we hadn't heard before. Exactly. And we would, yeah. of course, be speaking about... Schooly D. Schooly D mm-hmm. from Philly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and by the way, for those folks that are listening, if you have not heard the Schooly D interview... Uh-huh. Uh, with Insomniac, um, got to definitely check. Yeah, that you definitely got to check that out. He really, we really dig deep into uh, into history. that world. Mm-hmm. And and since I'm on that that note, then you also have to go to Chris Schwartz, oh, who course. was his I mean, manager. Yeah. You got to listen to that interview as well. So um, if we're going to talk about you know going down a further rabbit hole, definitely go down those rabbit holes. That's some real <laughs> hip hop. So we had this. East Coast gangster rap introduction with Schooly D, mm-hmm. and then a little bit later with G Rap, mm-hmm. and then of course NWA. Right, was probably the most significant, significantly recognized. Mm-hmm. You know, they really broke through, right? Yeah, because Schooly oh, D. Yeah. I mean, as as much as a mainstay as Schooly D's Gucci Time and PSK PSK were in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Those records at the time they weren't mainstream. Right. 
they didn't really i mean not that I nwa mean, was mainstream but right but eventually i mean right but nwa really just you know broke super wide right and a lot of that obviously had to do with some of their the controversial elements right I mean, exactly that was that was yeah. the, the show part of it uh-huh. right like the theatrics right the theatrics and then, of course, we have to talk a little bit about or a lot about Public Enemy. Oh, of course, yeah. So Public Enemy literally took maybe some of the things that we might have heard or some of the things that were touched on early on by Melly Mel. I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then brought it, you know, put steroids on it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just about, you know, telling the story. It was about bolstering a message. Right that message of revolution, Mm -hmm. you know, which again, that connection to punk music, but there was something else about public enemy that was innovative. Right. And that was the sound. The sound was completely innovative. It was, it was just throwing, it seemed like they threw everything into a blender and mixed it up. And somehow it just came out sounding incredible every time. And I think in, in many ways, another connection to punk, because if you think about punk, Early on, even back with the Stooges, it was about like a wall of noise. Mm-hmm. And that's what P.E. was. I yeah. mean, granted, the noise was being made in a different way. Right. But they were, you know, uh, uh, pun intended, bringing the noise. <laughs> and it was a wall of noise. Uh, all these sounds, you know, um, just raining on your eardrums mm-hmm. as Chuck's booming voice mm-hmm you know, blared through the speakers, almost like a bullhorn. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, conversely, the fun, wild, rambunctious Flavor Flav. Oh, yeah. You know, to kind of balance out. libs and everything. Yeah. And the, but, mm-hmm. but also ba- obviously balancing out that really serious right. element right. that we heard from Chuck D. So groundbreaking all of that was Mm. groundbreaking maybe we have to back up a little bit Mm -hmm. now that i think about it we didn't talk about the beastie Beastie boys Boys, that's who yeah right yeah so the beastie boys obviously back it's it's crazy back to punk Mm -hmm. originally punk act right exactly yeah and you know in in the way that they kind of came across maybe they were trying to emulate run the mc or they were trying to channel run the mc but they really came off yeah they came off punkish. Right. You know, the way that they kind of threw themselves around on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even in the way that even though they were trying to, you know, they were B-boys, mm-hmm. but the way that they kind of, you know, had that that flair of just like a little bit on the, I don't know, sloppy side. Right. I mean, it was really just about having fun. Yeah. You know, you knew that they loved the music. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them, it was it was about having. That was a smart way to approach it too, mm-hmm. because initially, you know, you see the Beastie Boys and you just think, okay, well, these guys are going to be clowns or whatever and stuff. But they were brilliant clowns, if you want to say that. They could play instruments, which we found out later on, and um, you know, they definitely had skills on the mic. With them in the mix, I think we we definitely now have missed. Uh, some of the dots that connected them, and that was obviously Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin, yeah. You know, so from Run the MC to uh, Public Enemy yeah. to the Beastie Boys mm-hmm. to Tila Rock, mm-hmm. 
I right. mean, that was all Rick Rubin. Yeah. Rick Rubin had such a significant hand. Mm-hmm. And I think because of him, that bar, it, that's, I think, in many ways, why that bar was set. Exactly. You know, even lyrically now with, with LL Cool J. Right, right. Yeah. You know, who was produced by Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. That really is the benchmark for creativity exactly in the genre exactly and an evolution mm-hmm. in the genre so it well, really remember, was about rick yeah i mean i remember talking to um bill adler at one point and he mentioned that rick's intention was to give each group emerging from def jam rick and russell um each group their own distinctive image mm-hmm. something to set them apart from other acts out there mm-hmm. and they definitely did that i mean if you look at and I think we discussed this before in a prior podcast about how if you look at a Beastie Boys or a Public Enemy, um, uh, well, Run DMC, they weren't on Def Jam. But, you know, just look at all of those groups and they're so distinctive from each other. And now, again, in that same lineage, we're talking about the Def Jam family and also we're talking about innovation in hip hop. Then so many giants, oh. Slick Rick. Slick. Yeah, Slick That's Rick. It, yeah. So many giants. Yeah. You know, again, mm-hmm. the delivery was not quite what we were used to. Right. Um, English it was accent. Laid back. Whoa, what was that about? Yeah, it was British know? accent. Yeah. It was laid back. Mm-hmm. It was clearly story driven. Mm-hmm. It was comical, but right. not clownish. Right. It was stylish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also had a party element yeah. to it. You know, obviously the show. Mm-hmm. And and clearly, a big part of that was Dougie Fresh. Dougie Fresh, right. You know, another innovator mm-hmm. in in the genre. I mean, I think in many ways, the quintessential... It's like a hip-hop renaissance man, in a yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's someone who, it seems, it doesn't matter what decade, what... It doesn't matter. He'll... He's someone that you can always throw on stage, and whether you rock the stage then, the, and then he could still do it now, and people would love to see him. And that's the fascinating just, thing about him, yeah. right? And, and that entertainer. Was, and in many ways, that was the essence of early hip-hop. Right. The party hip-hop, mm-hmm. you know, was the MC, the DJ, mm-hmm. and in many ways, he continues to be an example that uh, of evolution because as you said he hasn't even though musically or or let me rephrase that even though as far as recorded music mm-hmm. you know we really haven't seen a lot from him right but, but he doesn't go shows. away like yeah. the, he is the quintessential stage man of hip-hop and exactly. that's i think what i was looking for exactly and i'll see um I mean, you'll see bands and they'll just call Dougie Fresh on stage to do stuff with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, remember a few years back, you would always Prince would always call Dougie Fresh on stage to mm. do something with them. It was just, it's amazing. He can just fit in any realm mm-hmm. of him in any genre and mm-hmm. just bring him on and he'll just rock the show. In regard to innovation, would you say, would you put the Fat Boys in that discussion but yeah they were definitely innovative for the time i mean it was mixing um you didn't really ha- find that much as far as humor the fat boys i think their innovation was not taking themselves too seriously, too seriously. a lot of people right. took themselves very seriously for good reason mm-hmm. but they didn't 
Right. And it, and it, and they worked. Right. You well, know? I think Charles Stetler had a lot to do with that because yeah. I know initially they wanted to be like everyone else. They were the True. Disco 3 True. and we're going to rhyme hard. True. But uh, you know, Charles Stetler knew how how people perceive them. Right. And just brought that out on record and said, you know, you guys aren't the Disco 3 or the Fat Boys. And that's what worked. And that for was him. Tin Pan Alley. Tin Pan Alley, yeah. yeah. Yep. And by the way, as a, as a side note for those folks that want to dig a little bit deeper, if you haven't, and, and, and by the way, as a side note, like any hip hop aficionado should, if you haven't already, you should have, but if you haven't already, just don't tell anybody and go watch Crush Groove. <laughs> don't tell anybody that you haven't seen it yet. Um, but go see Crush Groove, you know, see Crush Groove because Crush Groove is I would say one of the greatest hip hop movies of all time. Oh uh, yeah. And it tells that story. I mean granted, you know, you have some you have of your the cheesy elements Hollywood, in Hollywood, of course. Hollywood. We eyes. know what that is yeah. too. You know what the Hollywood elements right, are. You'll, right. you'll know it. You'll know right it. Away. You'll know it. But in many ways, you know, it is kind of the loose uh it's a lot tighter than loose. It, yeah. It's it's a story of of a lot of those groups. Yeah. Including um, Rick Rubin, including mm-hmm. the Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. including Run DMC, Run DMC. Yeah. and the Fat Boys. Right, that was they took over the movie. Basically, and you get yeah. to see. And how how did we Curtis not Blow. discuss her Curtis Blow? Right, yeah. Curtis I mean, Blow, on. in many ways, I think was that bridge mm-hmm. between that that funk R and B. R and B, yeah, R and B. And hip hop, right? But, but he was hip hop, no doubt. He was mm-hmm. he was the ultimate MC. But he presented himself, especially early on. If you watch, if you go to, if you go to YouTube and you watch videos of him, like on um, Soul Train, yeah. I mean, he is so debonair, mm-hmm. right? He's dapper, mm-hmm. and he just he he right. He does exude that super cool R and B vibe of yeah. that time, like real R and B. Even though he was he was hip hop, yeah. But the but the sound, a lot of his sound. Had R&B elements, I would mm-hmm. say, early on. I'm sure that helped a lot for bookings anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the kind of thing where, okay, well, he's the safe rapper. Yeah. Someone we can book and not Would you say anything. he was one of the first crossovers because yeah. Christmas rapping, right? Yeah. Which was a huge hit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he might have been one of the... And speaking of crossovers, we can't leave the 80s. We really can't. We're going to have to do a part two because we can't leave the 80s. So, Houdini... Houdini, yeah. I mean, you're talking about merging R&B and hip-hop. But but it was still hip-hop. hip-hop it was still yeah. rap. Right. And it was good rap. It was good, yeah. It was sophisticated mm-hmm. rap. It was upwardly mobile mm-hmm. rap. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, those I mean, those records are they still, still up. Yeah. relevant. Yeah. And and they weren't it wasn't a one-off or no. a two-off. Like they had a string of impactful, distinctive records right. that felt very adult, mm-hmm. right? But not in a cheesy way, not in an old way, right. in a mature way, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was, you know, in the same way that Run the MC was street, they just felt like they might have been, I don't know, how would you describe that? They were like the suave 
R&B cousins to run DMC. Uh, I like that. I like that. But but it's also kind of not fair to say R&B because they weren't R&B. Right, right. They had yeah. some of the R&B stylings Elements, yeah. in their music, mm-hmm. but they were rappers. They were rap, yeah. And they, they were, were rappers, rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had, the, they had the scratching element. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. But, again, it, I, think, I think that says so much more about them that there was something about them that you knew was different mm-hmm. and made them one of a kind. To this day, we've right, never had a Houdini. Yeah, exactly. We've never had another Houdini. Exactly. And I mean, they're I, really not as credited as much as they should be. They're not. No yeah. way. No way about that. I don't know. I'm, maybe they probably do. If they they probably have a, one of the, what's the name of that show? Um, oh, an unsung. Yeah, they have to have an unsung. I think right? they I think they probably did. They have to have it. From what I remember, yeah. Yeah. If if it's out there. Look it up because if if you don't know Houdini, you really should know Houdini. Yeah, because there's never been another Houdini. There've been people that have that have kind of replaced, in some instances, uh, some of the things that some of the people we discussed as far as you know where they brought it. No one's no mm-hmm. one's replaced Houdini. No. All right, mm-hmm. so you know we skipped someone very very important. De La Soul. De La Soul, wow. That's a damn shame. Yeah. De La Soul. I mean, you talk about innovators. De La Soul Mm -hmm. were... So they're still unsung, really. Yeah. I mean, people know De La Soul, but they're still unsung. Yeah. De La Soul, at first, had that flower thing going on, Mm -hmm. which really wasn't who they were. No. Mm -mm. They were super soulful. Mm -hmm. They incorporated i mean i don't know they like were the psychedelic. first group yeah the first group to uh introduce skits to hip-hop mm. no one was doing that before mm. as opposed to sampling james brown like everyone else was doing mm-hmm. at the time they said mm-hmm. no we're gonna sample everyone right didn't they have like 60s psychedelic 60 yeah. rock and yeah. stuff yeah. turtles uh right. Uh, Hall and Oates, and they would just jump all around. Everyone was sampled. I mean, nothing was off limits for them. And it was incredible. And the delivery was also very different. Yeah. So, De La Soul. And then right on their heels, of course. Of course. Tribe. Tribe called Quest. Yeah. Tribe. By incorporating all the jazz into there. But Tribe was 90s, though, right? Tribe was 90s. That first album, wasn't that the... Very wasn't that like eighty nine? No, that since it was daylight was eighty nine. So yeah, it must have been nineteen ninety. I think it was nineteen ninety was the first album. I mean, another voice that is not only timeless but one of a kind. Q yeah. tip, no Q-tip, one, yeah. no one, no one, no one sounded, sounded like there was him. no Q tip mm-hmm. that high pitched mm-hmm. and and lyrically. Mm-hmm stylistically they were monsters yeah and also a departure from you know some of the more street you know the harder edge stuff that we might have been used to Mm -hmm. but still realer than the realist right first album was i felt like the first three were were flawless that was yeah that was probably some of the best hip-hop ever Mm -hmm. ever made yeah also talking about innovators, uh, are we going to mention female MCs? Of course. 
So, I mean, then you just jump around from, what, Salt and Pepper to the Queen Latifahs and MC Lights. So uh, we're back in the 80s. We that, can't leave we, the we 80s. We can't leave the 80s. We're stuck. Oh, my goodness. We're stuck. We cannot leave the 80s. We're stuck. The 80s. Trapped in the 80s. Trapped in the 80s. So, Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. Who brought the whole Afrocentric. True. Definitely something that we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. MC Light. She was as rough as the guys, as hardcore as the guys. Which I guess you could say we saw a little bit of with Roxanne Chante. Sparky D. Antoinette with yeah. uh, MC Light. Sparky yeah. D was, was definitely hard-edged. Mm-hmm. Sweet Tea, people like that, yeah. I guess you could say Salt and Pepper, they were the first ones to make it pop. Yeah, Salt and yeah. Pepper definitely were radio-friendly. Oh, yeah. They were more polished. Mm-hmm. And it, and those records were made to be hits, right? You know, Herbie, right? Yeah, Herbie Lovebuck. Yeah, those records were made to be danceable, mm-hmm. and they had their street joints on those records too. Mm-hmm. But it's just the ones that people remember most mm-hmm. are um, the Push It's and um, you know tracks like that. My mic sounds nice, things like that. Yeah. So I'm I'm scared to say anything else because we're going to go back to the 80s. <laughs> All right. So then talk to me about EPMD. It was a duo in hip hop. We've seen that before at that yeah. time. Well, they were also, that was another group who, they took soul and funk, funk especially, and then they would just flip it. They would rhyme over that. And they had a more laid back style, which I remember, yeah, at the time. Not being able to compare them to anyone else, people used to say, well, it's like two Rakims. But yeah, they had the laid back style. That's all that people knew about them because the only person doing that laid back style was Rakim at mm-hmm. the time. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, yeah, these guys are doing it too. And, and funk is their thing. And then, of course, they had the branding. Everything was business. And that, yeah, that was definitely something that was distinctive, mm-hmm. you know, that the theme. Right. Right. There weren't a lot of artists other than P.E. that had a theme right. to what the albums were about. Mm-hmm. And Eric Sermon was distinctive because he had that lisp. You never really heard true. that, that is before. True. So that, that was a true. unique vocal style, even though that's, that was him. Right. You right. Know, it wasn't like he was doing his style, but yeah. So if that's the case, but, but the person that we, we didn't talk about was Biz Markey. Oh, yeah. I mean, Biz was just... It was just all about fun with Biz. But he uh, also had his, his, his own unique, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was a list, but I was trying to figure out what his, it's not a list, but he had a different. Yeah, yeah. vocal style. Yeah. His sound, yeah, his his vocal sounded different. He was humorous. He was another artist who, I mean, you knew when you were going to listen to a Biz Markey song, it wasn't going to be some deep, meaningful kind of track it was, it was still, all about fun but it was great it was but, great hip-hop indeed because yeah. you have some records that are like you know like if you think about a record like um the rapping duke mm-hmm. right which was a big at least a big urban hit an right. urban radio hit you know it was very jokey you didn't take it seriously right though. not at all and that's the yeah. thing i mean you 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 liked it mm-hmm. you enjoyed it you could make fun of it right but you didn't take it seriously no. biz markey was you, fun but you but took he, him seriously right, right. 
he's someone that you would actually want to go see his show and go, okay, yes, right. it's, I'm going to check out a Biz Markie show and it's cool to he check out. He was the real deal. Right. You couldn't check out a Rappin' Duke show. He was the real deal. <laughs> and the other thing is... And he had production from the, Marley Marl. Right, there I you mean, go. But, but then the other thing is that in many ways, he, he, he brought something that didn't exist into the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't have anybody like that. No. We didn't have no. anybody that was, you know, coming left. Right. You know? Right. And also. He would do a true show. He would dance on stage. He was doing the beatbox. He's, DJ. Yeah. Yeah. He would do it all. And it wasn't an act. Right. That was the other piece of it. Like, there was definitely this authentic. You got you got a sense that that was the real deal. Right. You know, you had some people that you could tell they maybe they were putting on shtick. Mm-hmm. But with with him, you just felt that was yeah, like, that was him. Biz. That was biz. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go beyond what PE was doing, you want to add to that and maybe take it to the next level. You could mention someone like X Clan. Yeah, X Clan was a more Afrocentric right version version of PE. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, so ultramagnetic MCs. Mm-hmm. So they had a lot of the elements sonically that we heard with, you know, the 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 the, the sampling and the James Brown, right? But there was something different mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. Okay, and you would have to say that the difference resided in one man. Or one alien. I'm still not sure. <laughs> and that was the great Cool Keith. Yeah, I mean, he was a showstopper. Mm-hmm. From the beginning, he was a showstopper. Um, you never quite knew what he was saying or talking about, right. but you knew you loved it. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, talk about innovation. I mean, just bringing a whole new world lyrically into oh, yeah. hip-hop and literally a whole new world. Oh yeah. You know, with oh, all yeah. of the scientific jargon and just off kilter, but it was always fly. It was always mm-hmm. like even if you didn't know what he was talking about, you were with him. Oh yeah. The whole time. Oh yeah. Ultramagnetic MCs in many ways if you think about them, they kind of had you know, musically, they kind of had some of that Rakim ish type you know eric b production mm-hmm. with i thought they were actually tighter right a lot tighter yeah. i mean said g was incredible true but yeah. i was also going to say that it some some of the elements also reminded me a little bit of pe PE, except that they predated pe that's true that is yeah. true wow man mm-hmm. i mean keith continues to impress yeah um so yeah i mean you had this the noise mm-hmm those sounds in, embedded within the the fly James Brown mm-hmm. beats of the time. Do you remember the one um traveling at the speed of thought? Yeah. That was was that the Rolling Stones? Yeah, it was. Yeah. He way sampled uh, I think Honky Tonk Woman yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I mean th- th- man, that is even thinking back now like I'm smiling because it was so left field, mm-hmm. but it was so on. Right. 
You know, so it's a weird thing to say that you could be so off, mm-hmm. but so in the moment. Yep. You know, and and it, I think in many ways, in, in my opinion, probably their biggest downside, in my opinion, mm-hmm. was that they weren't on Def Jam. Yeah. I think if they were on Def Jam, because Def Jam was so good with the marketing right. piece. Yeah. I think that their their name would be much more ubiquitous mm-hmm. than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you say people like Slick Rick and Run the MC, I mean, they were always on the radio. They were always in the magazines, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it's sad to say, but but Ultra was almost like one of those secondary artists from back then. Yeah, which is... Like, they were always in the mix. No they always sense. had new yeah. stuff. They were never sleeping. Right. But I think it was just marketing. Yeah. I think because they weren't on Def Jam, they weren't on Tommy Boy, yeah. um, and more, more, more so Def Jam, mm-hmm. they would just play second fiddle when it came to notoriety. Right. You know, even though... But talent-wise, no, they were definitely not second fiddle. I not mean, at all. They no were, question about yeah. that. I mean, I mean, that's a travesty, and that's, you know, that's also the business. Right. It's just marketing. If you think about... You know, everyone on Def Jam became, pretty much everyone, there's always exceptions. Mm -hmm. Everyone on Def Jam became these iconic, you know, idols. Yeah. And that was because of that machine. Mm -hmm. That machine was so finely tuned. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't on that machine during that era, you were going to take, you know, for the most part, you're going to take, get, you know, left behind a little bit. I think Rakim... Was was managed by Rush, right? Yeah, later on, yeah. right. So I think that's probably. I mean, granted, they were you know it was genius, but they were still part of that machine if, right. if they were managed by the same, essentially the mm-hmm. same people. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to my knowledge, uh, Ultra was not. No, but I think mm-hmm. that's that was probably the only missing element. Yeah, you know, I gotta ask Keith one day his thoughts about that. All right, now here's another innovator. And it's definitely not for his rapping. Okay. But it's for what happened to him as far as business and what it meant for hip-hop. Jay-Z, for sure. Well, that's later on. Okay. But um, this was the first person to really do that and be successful mm-hmm. at crossing over into television and film. Oh, of course. The rapping prince. The, <laughs> <laughs> the fresh prince. Yep. Yeah, Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. That that um, that was probably even though, obviously, Ice T, right for him, film. Yeah, but, but it, it, it 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 you know most people didn't, didn't recognize it until later. Right, right, right. He didn't have, right. He didn't necessarily like you know then go gangbusters, mm-hmm. but he was in film. And yeah, you're right. Will Smith was the one who kind of. Who really broke yeah. through? And I the, mean, you had Kid and Play who did it right. with the films true, again. That's true. That's so true. Yeah. Back to the eighties, mm-hmm. Kid and Play. No, they were killing were, it. Were in, in many ways they were they were the Fresh Prince before the Fresh Prince, right? Even though I would have taken them a little bit more seriously than mm-hmm. the Fresh Prince, exactly. Um, and they really, man, they really just created their own little world yeah. with the. With the movies, mm-hmm. but even before that in the eighties, I mean, they had they also had like kind of like that that hip club vibe right, going on. Right. right? How would you describe them? 
I mean, I thought that they had some, they were another fun group. They were sort of like the counterparts to Salt and Pepper, the male counterparts to right. Salt and Pepper. That's right. the way I looked at they them. They were fun, but, Except, they were but they were funkier. Jokey. They were not right. clownish. Right. Right, exactly. They were more like your homeboys. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. They were more like your homeboys versus Right. I mean you didn't you didn't look at them as clowns. Right. I right, mean right. you're not gonna you're not gonna laugh at play. Right, right. You right, know? Right. And Kid was cool. I mean you liked them both. They were just they were fun. They had a distinctive look. Kid had the high top fade. Indeed. Um the real high top fade. Indeed. I mean high, 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 high top. MC searches. <laughs> <laughs> so they were a cool group and everything. I mean, um the songs were fun, you know, they had real it was funky hip hop. Yeah. It was. It was funky hip hop, but it also had. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking like a club vibe to it, right? I because I mean, all of their songs had that dance vibe. Yeah, yeah to that's it. true. That's true. And then later on, when they incorporated Go Go yeah. into um, yeah. one of the songs, so yeah, they always had that yeah. thing that now, made you want to dance. Were they couldn't play when they did last night? Last no, night? they were Fresh Force. Right, then. right. But it still yeah. had the same vibe though. Last still had the same vibe, Saturday, right? Oh. Right, and I think Last I remember night. seeing them at the Latin Quarter, and they were wearing um, uh, Yankee baseball caps uh-huh. and jackets. So I, I definitely remember that. I really had a ball. <laughs> Last night. That maybe that's why I'm. But it was all yeah, it was all funky. It, it like always had that kind of yeah, like party kind of, mm-hmm. but a different level. It also kind of felt newer. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, and then you're right. Of course, they killed it in the early '90s with the movie. Yeah, I mean, other than. Um, so we had we had Run DMC mm-hmm. that had a couple of you know movies. We had the the Fat Boys, mm-hmm. uh, and then we had Kid and Play. And Kid mm-hmm. and Play were the ones that I think really took they it to broke the next the door level open, because yeah. they had the had movies, right? And then they had a cartoon, I think, animated car- Saturday morning cartoon. True. Yeah, true. The Fat Boys kind of had that one shot. You know, after Crush Roof. Right. With the Sordalese. Right. And that didn't come off no, well. No, no. That didn't come off well. Run DMC, movie-wise, right. had Crush Roof, and then and they then had... Tougher Than Leather, Tougher Than Leather, and that garbage. just fell flat. Yeah. But these people hit it out of the park. Yeah. They definitely, you know, had had a... It, it, was, it was really, they brought the 90s in, mm-hmm. you know, and it almost felt like... There's something it was a, unique and new, yeah. you know. It just it felt was, different. It yeah. felt different. Yeah. Uh, of course, Robin Harris was oh, a part yeah. of that magic. Uh-huh. The great late comedian. I think you're absolutely right. They are also a significant part of that innovation yeah. because of the connection to to Hollywood, right? Um, and then, of course, Will Smith took it all the way. Oh yeah. He took it all the way. So he kind of started out, you know, with uh, obviously on TV, mm-hmm. but then he took it. I mean, he, you know, he hit it out the park. Right. I mean, musically, basically, the group was Jazzy Jeff. At least, you know, in New yeah. York, everyone is just talking about Jazzy Jeff. Mm-hmm. And you didn't really pay much attention to Will. He would do the story rhymes. That was mm-hmm. fun and everything. Mm-hmm. But it was really about um, Jeff. But then once it, everything, uh, once he crossed over into television and film, then, hey. It was just yeah, that all first, about what Will. was the first record? The first record used the I Dream of Jeans. Right, right, right. Dance. Girls of the World Ain't Nothing But Trouble. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, later on, you know, I guess the rest is history with yeah. Ice-T. Ice-T did a lot oh, yeah. of movies. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's weird how you saw people like Ice-T and even Coolio. 
Right. Making movies. I don't know what happened there, but it was it was interesting. Hey, to, and they were on the West Coast. I mean, all the studios yeah. were over there, so I yeah. guess uh it was easier. Right. Easier. So I think I think we gotta do a part two. Yeah. Because we have not really ventured too deep into the nineties. Yeah, we haven't left the eighties at all. We is, uh, uh with Kid and Play, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think that took us pretty far out. Yeah into the stratosphere of pop culture uh-huh. and um and really hip hop just branching out mm-hmm. into mainstream um America right. and the consciousness of you know almost every household mm-hmm. you know that of course in many ways and you would know better than me but in many ways I think that the success of the kid and play movies, the house party movies, right. was what led to Martin. Oh yeah, really jumping off, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, because I mean, we were introduced to Martin because of those films, and mm-hmm. you know, people fell in love with the comedian, and there you go. That was sort of like his launch pad for his own series yeah. and that, he and that show with chris with will smith exactly exactly <laughs> yeah and that was his connection to hip-hop too so it's like yeah indeed yeah indeed so i think i think that right now we we've delved deep you're gonna have to come for a part two maybe even a part <laughs> three of this discussion so i want to thank everybody for checking us out and by the way if you haven't checked out the new and improved website definitely check us out at insomniac magazine Dot com. Make sure that you follow on all of the platforms. If you're a Twitter person or if you're on Instagram at insomnmag since ninety six at insomnmag since ninety six, and definitely visit the new website. Uh, and let us know. Reach out to us. Let us know what you think about innovation in hip-hop who are some of the innovators that you think really brought things to the next level uh and we'll we'll include them in the uh in the next so we'll try to include them in the next edition peace you say peace that's okay (laughs) 